education of our children doesn't begin and end at academia. There is a spiritual responsibility on each parent and teacher to nurture and train a young soul spiritually. This is called Chinuch. Join Rabbi G every Monday at 2 p.m. as he explores education and Chinuch for parents and teachers. Torah isn't education, it's transformation. We are back in the beginning of a new term, as we do every Monday between 2 to 3, where we discuss education. We discuss how to be better people, how to make the world a better place, how to influence our students, our families, our friends. Just be good for the world, continue achieving and building and growing. Today, we're all breathing deeply after holidays. Some of us... Uh, just ended their holidays today for their kids, some of us last week, some bit before, but pretty much we're in the last week of, uh, how we just ended the last period of holidays and we're starting back into the term. I know the last thing you want me to speak about today is about holidays, uh, so I won't, but I will, because what I'm saying now is we need to prepare ourselves to the next holidays to make sure that we are actually going through them in a very nice and pleasant times. So I'm sure a lot of us enjoyed. I'm sure a lot of us had tense times, and I'm sure a lot of us had both nice moments and difficult moments and a lot happening. Therefore, I've asked Nikki Merkin, a speech therapist who runs amazing workshops about um, EQ, communicational skills for kids, for adults, and now she's having another course for parents, couples, how to bring EQ into your house. That's what we're going to learn today. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Okay. So, bringing EQ into our house. Where do we even start? You know, it's such an important thing because we live in such an IQ-focused world. If you look at the schools and look at the universities, you look at everything that's going around, everything is focused so much on IQ, how academic you can be, how many A's you can get. And yet when we go down to grassroots level, we see that the most satisfaction comes from our relationships. So when we talk about EQ, we're talking about how to build healthy relationships in your home so that you feel satisfied as a person. Okay. To fill in, uh, which is, which is actually very fascinating because that's the biggest need I would say we have today. I mean, IQ is very important. However, when we look at academics, we've got information, everything's available. Right. We need it to a degree. Yeah. I didn't mean the wordplay. <laughs> but, um, but regarding EQ, which is our relationships, our connections, things that we maybe in the past had naturally, which we don't have naturally today, um, or is it fair to see that we don't have it naturally today? Um, I think we're struggling. I think that the world is really turning towards EQ now. I think people are seeing the, the danger that has happened just focusing on IQ. We see a whole lot of kids that, or a whole lot of marriages, for example, where people are struggling because they just don't have the skills how to build healthy relationships. So I think that there's a lot of talk now about building EQ, but um, I think it is something that that... Even in, in the past, it's always been needed. It's something that really needs to be spoken about and worked through. So mm. would come one would say that uh, you should be having that naturally. Unfortunately, it doesn't. It doesn't. So <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're going to have to mm. take a short break. Mm. And when we, I know we just started, but when mm. we come back, we'll discuss it. I do want to hear from the listeners. 
please, what do you think? Do we have less EQ today? Do we have it n- not as natural as we had it before? Three four five one nine SMS line, oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine is Telegram. We moved up Telegram oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine or three four five one nine is SMS line. Let me know. Do you think EQ is more needed to focus on learning, or we could still have it naturally? Short break. We'll be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. 101.9 FM We are back in the middle of a very interesting discussion with Nikki Merkin, a speech therapist who does lots of EQ and social skills training. And we're talking about a new course that she's running, which is for couples to bring EQ into your house. And right before the break, you mentioned that you see couples today are managing as couples, not only as parents, um, Homes, we'd say, are struggling with the foundations of EQ. Before we continue with that, because we do need to understand that a bit more, if you have any thoughts about, and anybody listening to us, any thoughts, do we have less communicational skills naturally today because of social media, because of the world we live in, because of, I don't know what, you tell me, 34519 is the SMS line, or Telegram, 061-895-1019. I actually see you could even call in the studio, 010-140-3020. I just think that if we talk about social skills, we can't not give a phone number and just send messages. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go back to where we were. We started off with, right in the beginning of, you were saying that couples get married, get together. Um, we're talking about couples that are married, they're together, they they're, they care about each other, they love each other, they want to be with each other, and they just don't communicate? For sure. I think um, this all came about because I did a lot of work individually with children and um, in group. Oh. And what I noticed is that it was very hard to get carryover. So you would teach the children the skills. They would understand it within the group environment. And then we would need to move it out and carry it over into everyday life. Mm-hmm. So then I started learning. Um, training teachers and parents because they are the facilitators of healthy building relationships with their children. So as I've worked with more, and it's not the first time, I've run quite a few um, groups for parents. Um, I've noticed that parents love to talk about this thing because most of the time we as parents or as a couple, we jump to handling the relationship. So say, for example, your child is having a fight so the first thing you want to do is put one child in one room and one child in the other room. Right, you've solved the problem. But that's there's damage no, control, but you didn't damage, build anything. You haven't taught a thing. You haven't taught self-control. You haven't taught self-awareness. You haven't taught um, management of emotions. And these are the splinter skills that we all need. This is something I'm working on every single day. You say mm. parents. Um, I'm going to be more blunt. You mean yeah. mothers, fathers, or both? Both. Definitely both. And both mm. come to the, you see the same interest and investment from both. Definitely, definitely. Okay. Mm. And and the groups are you'd say equal. Yes, or often I'll get couples that will come together, and sometimes there'll be one or two single people that would come or without the the spouse. But generally, it's a group of parents that are working together. Group work is wonderful because you can. There's a power in a group. You can see how another parent is coping or not coping, and it almost makes you feel like you're okay. You're not alone in this long journey that we're all going through, and you can see that that as you, every person is struggling, and everybody has the the capacity and ability to learn skills to make 
every relationship healthy, whether it's your child, whether it's your spouse, whether it's um, your work colleague. These are skills that need to be carried over and generalized into all environments. Isn't mm. something that we shouldn't have to learn, something that we should just have? You know, if you look at a person, a person, in, in my understanding, is made up of two, is three parts. One is the IQ, the intelligence, the academic part. The second is the emotional part. And the third is the social ability. So when we look at in a person, we see that we, we need to develop all three of these areas. So primarily we are focusing on the IQ. EQ does come naturally for some people, but not for everybody. And what I'm seeing today that it's not something that's happening as simply and easily as it should. And I don't know how it was in the past, to be honest, but I definitely can see clearly that people, relationships, children, schools, businesses are struggling. Do kids that grow up today have any um, free time to have uh, just open discussions and just have fun or because of safety we've kind of locked ourselves down and the kids don't have the ability to just run out and play and find kids their age and connect and bond and and get what they should be getting right it's not even an issue of security it's an issue of time I mean, even parents are so stressed out, and I think also electronics and um, technology takes us away from normal um, interaction between right. people. I mm. do think it's a bit harder because of security because we don't let our kids go out themselves, right. and we don't have the time to take them. But if the kids would be able to walk out to some safe park or some safe area to mm. start connecting, maybe we would have a bit more. I don't know. Right. I, I just remember when we were growing up and, and we were able to jump and run and climb and, and right. get around. Um, I so think I'm more the kids are under tremendous tre pressure at school academically. Okay. And that's why my call is, is that academics is not everything. I really believe that it's more important to develop that emotional, social side of, your, of, a, of a person. Because if a person is not, um, say, academically um, gifted in certain areas, so they'll move on to another area. So if you're not good at English, you'll be good at Eng um, history or you'll do maths or you'll do right. cooking. But if you struggle socially, so what are you going to do then? Right. right. So if we want to build a home, a safe home, and we mm -hmm. want to start in implementing things at home, obviously go to the course. But except for the course, if there's like one or two things we can discuss, um, what are the things that you find from your practice with parents that are the 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 big areas of stress, I'd say, in homes today? Conflict resolution. <laughs> okay. I, I would say that um, we, we are living in tremendously stressed times. Um, financially, people are, are feeling the pinch. Um, people are working much harder to get the same things that they're trying to do. I think the, the work environment is very, very stressful in terms of um, uh, qualifications and um, what's the word that I'm looking for for um, requirements, requirements right in certain right. environments and um, I, I don't feel that people have the skills to to manage that stress well so if often when we we feel stressed we have emotions and we have feelings about it and if you have no idea what you're feeling or what to do about this emotion how on earth are you going to learn how to manage it so then what happens is it rolls over and rolls over and eventually we explode and what happens then is that we 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 get involved with hectic conflict and people don't right. have the skills to 
to deal with that conflict. Is mm. it because of the skills or it's also because of the fear and the stress? I think there's also a lot of fear, anxiety. What's going to be with the country? I always hear that. Exactly. Where are we going? How, we, how Are we going to be stable here? What's happening? Is that part of it? Or it's a, or once you work on your skills, you can deal, I guess, with the fear and the stress? I think these skills are very applicable in all environments. When we learn with the children, we, we're learning in terms of helping our children, but these same skills can be used to help us in our everyday life. So, yes, the environment that we're living is stressful, but how are we going to deal with it? And these are things that are very unconscious in us. We, 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 we understand and we know words like being aware or feeling good about yourself or, or, um, different kinds of mindsets. How do I cope with the situation that is, like, for example, the country? But if you had um, very clear skills or tools, really, to use to navigate your way through those stressful situations, so then it becomes a building experience and not a breaking experience, mm. which, I th- which I'm seeing a lot of is breaking experiences. So let's talk about conflict a bit. One of the things I find a lot is when we, when I meet with couples and I meet with parents and things, I see when we're talking about conflict, a lot of times uh, the Part of the major issue in the conflict is that both parties are upset right, right now, but they don't have the ability for one part, part, party to say, okay, I'll hold back, I'll let my spouse, spouse calm down, relax, I'll be there for them, and then tomorrow or tonight or sometime later I'll express my feelings or, or find. Mm. Do you find that sometimes... Um, just the the timing or the fact that we always have to react with our feelings as well part of the conflict or you you wouldn't push that up so high in the definitely um what happens when you think of the word conflict conflict um implies that you need a solution we call it conflict resolution right so if there's a conflict you need a resolution so we don't allow ourselves to be upset right and feelings are okay Feelings are normal, but how do we manage those feelings to become to a solution? So, for example, if you've got two kids um, sharing a bedroom, say, for example, and the one kid wants a light on and the other kid wants a light off, is that bullying? Um, No, no one's being mean there. It's a conflict. We disagree. The problem is how are we going to solve this? So often what happens is that we scream and we shout and we slam the doors and we call each other names and, and we get we cry in our beds and all these kind of things. And have we solved the problem? No, there's no solution whatsoever. So those there you can see all the emotions that are coming in and impounding and um, compounding and exploding the situation. And so what do parents do with real – you brought a very real mm. situation. What do you do with that? Because – there is no solution. One wants the light, one doesn't. Right. So what normally happens, and this is what I've seen, is that people jump into handling the situation. Okay, fine. We're switching off the light. No one gets the light off. Or I'm closing the door. All of you go to sleep. Or you go to the lounge. I'm not talking to you anymore. So we're so frustrated with this conflict, but we don't know what to do with it. So what do we do? We jump into handling. The problem is, is that there are a few steps before that that we can use to make that Situation so much more pleasant, so much more growing, so much more um, connecting in a in a way. So let's maybe mm. go a bit through those steps. Okay. What can we do? So I like to call it the the five steps. The first step is self awareness, understanding who you are, that you're a special person, that you have a right to have an opinion. 
very, okay. very, very important. And I know that self-awareness is a nice psychological tool, but I really believe that it's the key to anything. The more you understand who you are and what you need, the better you'll be able to, to resolve conflicts. Okay. okay, so that is like, it's just one little point, but it's huge. So if I can translate mm. what you're saying to parents, because I'm assuming mm. quite a lot of the listeners are parents. Right. And so they have their kids in a conflict right now over the lights. So you right. would say, allow your child to, and feel where their conflict comes from. And you're saying, be aware, accept it. Yes, even I even think it begins a little bit before that. I feel that we have to build our children into being people who know who they are and what they want. You know, for example, some kids are introverted, some people are extra extroverted, some people are um, talented in one area, some are in others. The more aware we are, the more we can get in touch with what our needs are. And accept. Okay, so right. self awareness would be so the step. number one. Number and one. I cannot talk more about it because it's so essential. Yeah, and that's we're, we're the, short on time. <laughs> that's I know. the key to self esteem. Okay. The second thing then would be management of emotions. You see a child having getting all very frustrated and upset in their bed, so you say, Ah, I see you feeling really upset right now. You're feeling jealous, you're feeling upset, you're feeling angry with your sister because you really want this light off. And you're feeling upset because you want your light off. So what can what are we going to do? Can you get into your sister's world and understand that she really wants a light on? Can you get into her world and understand what she's feeling? And then the next thing is, can you control yourself uh, to make a good choice? Yeah. Okay. Can we split it into two steps, mm-hmm. maybe? I would say maybe first identify 100%. That's what you're saying. And then, and then say once you, the child realizes that you identify and real and connect to them. Yes. Would be what you're saying. Yeah, it's the first. It's it's connecting to the child and understanding what their emotions and and then then allowing the child to understand what the other person is feeling to see things from a different perspective. Okay. And you Mm. were ending off with, um, Um, then being able to make a good choice. It's being able to stop and think. And make a good choice. We use the concept of rock brain. I think we all rock brain a lot of the time when we just go with what we want and we can't see anyone else's view. And we just do and do and do. Having a flexi brain means stopping and thinking and making a choice. What will make the situation better now? Should I scream and shout and have a tantrum? Or should I now move to find a solution to this problem of the lights being on or off? Right. That's amazing mm. because these tools that you're giving the parents, I think mm. a, part of the stress happens when a parent doesn't know what to do. Right. Then the parent gets so frustrated and just whatever, everybody be quiet. But if mm. you give them the tools and the parent could either deal with it right away or first take a drink or eat something or yeah. calm down, but then take your steps that you're saying. Okay. And the next step? And the next step then would be handling the situation, understanding that conflict is normal. We all have conflicts all day long. Can I now resolve the conflict? Do I have the skills to solve this problem? And most of the time I feel and I see that people don't have conflict resolution skills. So just to give you a few would be let's take turns. Okay, One night the light will be on. The next night the light will be off. Or we can... um, I've gone blank. You can. I, I, you know, I can tell you what I've heard yes. from you. You could uh, have the light on, and we'll buy you uh, something to cover your eyes. Right. Or yeah. Okay, so you could avoid you the problem, it. as you as you said, right. like getting a thing to cover your eyes. And another thing you could do is to play ching chong cha, see who gets the thing, flip a coin. You could also um, swap. Okay, 
um, I'm going to sleep this side this week and next week you're going to sleep that side. There are many, many skills. And these are skills that we use with our children. But it also comes into when you're having an argument with your, with your spouse. How do you have the skills? Do we as, a, as, as mature adults have the skills to solve problems? Or do we also have our little child <laughs> tantrums, right? Okay. So, so, you know, these are skills that um, children use, parents use. I, I use, I need all the time. Right. right. And, and these conflicts, for sh- I think a lot of times couples get scared when they have conflict with their spouse. And we got to know that two adults living together, they can have conflict. Mm. It's Conflict's normal. When you think of conflict, normal. you think of blood and gore and guns. <coughs> but the truth is conflict is normal and expected. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. And once it's, once it's normal, it's not as scary. Right. I have to say that I also find from what we've spoken in the past, um, sometimes if you give one of the parties, like, uh, to feel important, um, like I could say what happens by us, an example mm. in this kind of case, and one child is, uh, a year older, two year older, years older than the other one, so I would say, so I would say, you know what, let's do what he says, and you're a bit older, and then, I'll change it as soon as he falls asleep. Right. Can you stay awake for another 20 minutes this way? And then and then the child will go, oh, yeah, I could stay awake for another mm-hmm. 20 minutes. And then we'll take care of it. So, right. uh, and, and exactly these skills. So how do we do it when we take it into our marriage? But I mm. know you were about to answer <laughs> that, but we both yeah. saw Craig uh, telling us that we need to go out for an ad break. So we will, I guess, we'll have to get that answer after the ad break. Any thoughts, any questions, anything you want to ask Nikki or you want to share with us or any opinions about the EQ and about the tents at home? 34519 is SMS line or Telegram 061-895-1019. You could always call the studio 010-140-3020. Short break. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. So back to our discussion. We, we spoke a bit about, uh, solving conflict between, within kids. Let's talk a bit, a bit between spouses. And then we'll get to the real hard one between your teenage kids and your parents. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you breathe for a second. So between spouses. Okay. So let's take an example. Let's say your husband is, he said he's coming home at six o'clock and he's not there. So the first thing, you start feeling very, very angry, right? You get that, like this pit in your stomach, like he said he's going to do this. So what happens is that you can actually go straight away into the conflict. Phone that guy, say to him, what are you doing? Where have you been? I'm very angry. Or the first time he walks into the door, just give it to him because he said he's going to be there at 6 o'clock. Right? What's going to happen? Right. The whole marriage is going to go down. The evening's going to go down. Or just be quiet. Right. Tell him if you don't know why I'm upset, then I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, or, or don't return yeah. messages or sulk or all yeah. these kind of things that we do. And, and it's very interesting because those are things that we do to avoid conflict. We, we withdraw, we scream, we shout, we slam doors, we don't return messages. These are all the things that we do to avoid the conflict. Which creates conflict. And that it makes it much, much worse. Imagine if you had the ability to say, you know what? I am a nice, I'm a good wife. You're saying this all in your head, right? I'm a good wife. He said he's going to come. He's a good man. I trust him. He said he's going to do it. The second thing is, but I'm feeling really angry. I'm feeling furious with him because he told me he's going to be there at six o'clock. He's not there. So now I need to manage this emotion. I'm allowed to feel angry. I'm allowed to feel frustrated, but am I allowed to take it out just for no reason? 
No, so you, you take that time and the opportunity to actually manage that emotion and calm yourself down. You're allowed fully to have it, but calm yourself down. Right. Then, and even if you're allowed to do it, mm-hmm. maybe it's not worth it. Right. Because if you don't contain yourself, you're just going to get into larger yes, fights. For sure. But just using this example, then you could maybe go work on a bit of empathy. Why, why is he late? Maybe he got stuck in the traffic. Maybe he had a heavy day at work and he needed a drink. Um, I mean, Coke on the way home. Right. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Try and get into his shoes. Try to understand where he's coming from. The next thing then is to stop and think and make a choice. How am I now going to deal with the situation? I can express my feelings to him. I can ignore it. I can um, um, bring him a cup of tea and sit him down and say, listen, I'm feeling really upset because this happened. So what happens, the whole interaction becomes a much healthier um, interaction rather than a tense, angry, um, unconscious, outflowing of emotions. Right. Right. And that's something we want from our children, right? (laughs) We we want the same thing from our kids. (laughs) It's fascinating because uh, exactly what you're saying, the Rambam writes. He writes about the, the, in in according to the Jewish law, when you're not allowed to hate your brother in your heart, it's called, says the Rambam that you're not allowed to be upset at anybody without telling them. Says the Rambam, if somebody hurt you, you must say, I'm upset at you because of ABC. Right. And it's just fair to give them an opportunity to apologize. It's fair to express. And, and it's exactly what you're talking about. Well, you know, people tend to solve conflicts in, in different ways. One, we call it the monster. And the monster is aggressive behavior. Not very healthy because when you're aggressive, who are you respecting? You're respecting yourself. You don't care about right. what the other person is feeling. And then the other extreme is the mouse, and the mouse is passive. And when you're being passive, who you're respecting? The other person. You're not respecting yourself. So right. either extremes of these are not very helpful and not healthy in building a healthy relationship. Right. And the middle thing is called assertiveness, being able to say in a respectful way, I feel upset that this is happening and I'm asking you not to do it again. And that is respecting myself and it's respecting the other person. Okay. Um, interesting message coming in. I'm not sure mm. about it. I'm assuming it's some humor. Conflict is Japanese for two women in the kitchen. <laughs> Kayla. Thank you, Kayla. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So yeah, I, I, if we go down the humor route, there's, there's so much that I was controlling myself even from saying, but, mm. um, so when we look at this conflict and this conflict, mm. so, Basically, we're creating conflict by trying to avoid conflict. And if we would have the tools, we would be able to deal with it. You see the same thing with a child playing um, Lego on the floor with his with his sibling. So instead of finding a solution, we just have a big fight, and we do it as well. Exactly. (laughs) Before we talk more about the skills, because we are running Mm. out of time, let's talk about teenagers a bit. Um, So many times. I see when we deal with conflict with teenagers, um, I have parents come to me upset even, and they say, I tried speaking to my child and they're not interested. Mm. But sometimes when I go into, I tried, it was like, she comes home from school and her mom says, is everything okay? And she says, yeah, I'm okay. Are you sure? I'm okay. You're sure? Fine. End of story. I don't know how much trying there was in there. How do we deal with that tense and conflict and... You know, often when our kids come to us, whether it's children or teenagers, but in this particular situation, teenagers, we tend to do certain things. We either dismiss what they're saying, we avoid what we're saying, what they're saying, we change the subject, 
we punish them for for saying what they're saying, or we um, almost um, save them from having their own issues. So instead of giving the skills of being able to talk it out, we don't do that to them either. So we either punish them for having feelings or, or save them from having these feelings instead of building relationship of discussion and talking. And I think that when we talk about teenagers, building relationships with them happens before the conflict. And, exactly. and that is very, very important is the, the more you fill each other's buckets, the more you make, you do things for each other that makes the two of you feel better. So then the more conflict is becomes easier to deal with. Right. Mm. Or I'll say after the conflict, right. because uh, I don't want anybody to give up and say, okay, well, it's too late now. For it's sure. never too late to give up on a relationship. Um, I've seen it dealt with at all ages. And, and, and by the way, and, and this is part of where I want to go with mm. this, because I've seen conflict between adults, and I mean parents that are in their 80s, 90s, mm. and kids that are in their 50s, 60s, conflict is still there if you don't deal with it. That's it's true. not like the teenage passes. So how would we approach these stress situations? You mean in terms of older... Conflict over rebellion. We're dealing with our teenage kids and, and they do things differently and they think things differently and they're different people. I think that goes back again to self-awareness, understanding that this before you is a, is a person, a person with feelings, a person with opinions, a person with their own perspective. And if we actually had made the time to actually understand who they are as a, as a person and to put yourselves into their shoes, then it becomes much easier to have a relationship. And even if there is a conflict, a conflict doesn't mean that it's a dangerous thing or a um, uh, uh, um, it's not like it's a dangerous thing. Right. It, it becomes something that's normal, that we can discuss, and it's okay, and I accept your opinion, I can hear your opinion, let's find a solution. Uh, so, hmm. uh, you're, uh, you, right before we take another break, right. um, you're saying a very interesting thing. Conflict doesn't need to be fixed. It just needs to be acknowledged, respected, and for accepted sure. and dealt with. For sure. And to understand that we always will have different perspectives. Okay. So it doesn't mm. mean broken. Short break and we will be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9. We are back to the last part of our show. This whole show was a very interesting discussion. Fascinating, I'd say. With Nikki Merkin, a speech therapist who is running groups and workshops for kids, for adults, for couples, regarding bringing EQ into your life, into your, for adults, it's into your house, for kids, sometimes into their life, into the way they experience things. And we're talking about a specific program that you're running now for couples to bring EQ into their house. And we spoke about different aspects, but I want to ask simply, why is it so important? You know... A child that doesn't have social skills or is weak in pragmatic language, what we call in speech therapy, they will, even though we don't um, grade them on their reports on social skills, their class will, their classmates will. And they may be ostracized for not having healthy social skills or healthy conflict resolution skills. And the same thing happens with us in our homes. There are consequences. There are consequences for not building healthy skills within a home conflict is is more 
um, acting out of emotions is more lack of self-control, impulsivity, um, rock brain, rigid mindsets. These are all things that result when there are no skills and and even it, marriages break apart because people don't have the skills to deal with relationships. So we kind of run sometimes and we get stuck. Right. Right. Okay. So it's it's crucial to deal with these skills. Um Can I say one thing also? Not 100%. only is it crucial, that's almost like the it's very, very connecting part of a relationship. We're all scared of that part of the relationship, but the joy and, and of connection by working through difficult times and difficult situations creates so much satisfaction in a relationship. And I think that's something we're missing. We run away from that difficult part, which then brings and draws people together. That's mm. that's a hundred percent. I'm with you in that. I mm. g- if I can share one thing and what you're saying, because that's mm. amazing. Um, I saw one in one of the the books. This one, he writes that when we talk about if somebody does something wrong and he gets um, he does tshuva or he gets connected to Hashem, so he said that they're much closer because when he, the way he writes it, he says every person has a, a think of it as a string that connects between the people. He says if you tear that string. You tie it back, the string is shorter. Right. And every closer. time you tear over a conflict and then you refix it, you retie it, you're closer and closer and closer. Right. And that's exactly. Yes. So from what you're saying, conflict, not only that it has a price if you don't deal with it, mm. it has tremendous benefits when you do deal with right. it. And and you get unbelievable results. Um, anybody wants to be in touch with you? Or join the course. I know this one is pretty full. The next mm. one, whatever it is, how do how do um, they get in touch with you? Can I give you my email address? Yes. Yeah. So it's Shuli S H U L I dot Merkin M I R K I N at gmail dot com. Mm. And if you okay. just send me an email, I'll be in touch with you. You'll be in touch. Yeah. And that's um, this specific course is for couples, but as you said, you have for kids, you have for teenagers, for teachers, for te- Oh, that I right. didn't know. Yeah. Uh, if I would have known earlier <laughs> in the show, okay. so you do that for teachers right. as well, yes. and and to the relation because you know I, one of the things that I find a lot in, in the education system is that sometimes teachers could even get offended by kids, and it's important to have these conflict and emotions right, put together. Right. Even teachers, I mean parents, are, we need we all need skills all the way through society in order to to create healthy relationships. Right. And it, it can't be more appropriate than ending it off. You know, we're now in the days, I'm sure all of you heard the music that it's not regular music. We're in the three weeks uh, mourning and crying about the temple that was destroyed, which the first one was destroyed because of Lack of relationships because of of conflict between people because of not getting along and not being open about our feelings and not uh, dealing with our conflict. So, really, I think it's crucial for every home to be investing in putting EQ into the home, into the environment. Uh, Nikki Morgan, thank you very much for being thank here. You. Speech therapist, doing the courses, doing things, and just give me once more your. Um, email address. Shuli, S-H-U-L-I dot Merkin, M-I-R-K-I-N at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Okay. Thank you. Pleasure. Okay, so that was, that was a very interesting discussion we had today regarding social, um, uh, regarding EQ at homes. This show would be like every other interview we have on the Chai FM website. You could always find it later. In the meantime, keep well and we will be back next Monday. Please guide two to three. Chai Chinuch Rabbi G. 
Enjoy the rest of your week.